find that there are a lot of deviations from the process. You find that, you know, it's taking longer than you anticipate. This, you know, gives you an opportunity to really spotlight that process and dig deeper to try and understand where the inefficiencies might be coming from. Now, a lot of the time, you find out that it's really as a result of some things that maybe weren't probably built out from the start, right? It's properly built out from the start. And then there's like a a modification that somebody has to do that now elongates the process. You could actually decide, you know, one way to fix the problem from the start, right? So where the problem is coming from, or you could automate the process and, you know, take out that inefficiency because that thing still needs to happen. So typically, um, when you find situations like that, I think automation really does deliver a lot of value for people and customers that, you know, think that, you know, their processes can be more efficient in general. Once upon a time, there were millions of businesses struggling. Every day they wasted time, effort, and energy on repetitive tasks that added no value. One day, the Better Automation Podcast by Processio came to help them find the way. Because of this, these businesses save time, reduce costs, innovate, and make better decisions. Because of that, these businesses grow, scale, and use human creativity to change this world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm your host at Better Automation Podcast by Processio, where I interview the world's top experts and share their very best ideas on how to improve automation in your business, processes, and life. My guest today is Olaulua Daramola. Olaulua is a technology consultant at Ernst & Young, although he is here at his personal capacity. So this podcast is not representative of anything related to Ernst & Young. And he has almost five years of experience in intelligent automation and RPA across West Africa. Currently, he is helping some of Nigeria's biggest banks make the most of their RPA investments. Ola Ulua, how are you today? Hi Aziz, I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's my honor, it's my privilege. And to begin with some context, what's your story of falling in love or being fascinated with automation? Yeah, so that story really did start out, you know, sometime in 2018. And I did work at a non-banking financial institution where the CFO was very strategic and really wanted to know more about what was going on within one of the departments at the organization. So he did reach out to me to ask, you know, to do a process review for some of the processes that, you know, existed within that department. And after doing that, I realized that a lot of the work they did was you know, heavily rules-based, you know, monotonous, and was repeatable, right? So imagine a situation where, you know, you receive the schedule from a client, and then you now had to, you know, create different versions of that same piece of information for payments, for record-keeping, and I realized that there was a lot of value to gain from automating that process. So I did go about, you know, that, um, even though it was more traditional software, 
development using Python, Flask, and building a web application. But then I was able to empower those teams, um, that team rather, um, to you know quickly generate those things that they typically spent hours on end working on. And you know I really did see firsthand the impact of automation because my um, my co coworkers were a lot more you know excited to come into work. They left earlier. They were a lot happier. And I, that was really where it started out for me. And then on that same journey, I was very, very privileged to meet someone um, that works at my current employer. And we had a very great conversation and that, you know, really led to me realizing that, you know, RPA was the next step in that journey for me because it allowed me, you know, have a lot more impact at a lot more organization. So yes, that, that was my story. Thank you. And a detail that seems interesting to me is that people were leaving their work happier and more engaged and more uh, returning to home, more involved in every way. So is this correct? Yes, yes. People were a lot more involved. Um, you could see, you know, they had more time to spend on more strategic, higher value tasks. So some of the people in that department actually went on to, you know, join other digital transformation initiatives within the organization because they have freed up a lot of time that they would have typically spent um, doing those manual processes. Thank you. And to understand, because some people or uh, might think, okay, I love process automation, um, uh, creating standard operating procedures, etc. But some people have some kind of inner resistance to it because they feel that work will become mind-numbing or that uh, the work will not be creative enough to uh, stand out in the marketplace or to have very unique experiences uh, to the customer. What's your perspective on this? Do you feel that if everything or as much as possible in the business was automated, that will become a competitive advantage or a killer of innovation? Yeah, so my opinion on that is really interesting. I do believe that, you know, with a lot more work being automated, you know, it really does free up your employees to, you know, think outside of the box, find things that they wouldn't have traditionally done in a certain way and do it. Um, and I think, you know, automation or digital in your organization actually does, you know, significantly increase the potential of a lot of your employees. So I've seen um, um, situations where people I met as process owners ended up becoming business analysts, um, taking on automation, uh, figuring out you know what kind of tasks in their previous department could be automated as well. So it's really really exciting, and it really does supercharge you know your organization with the full force of automation because then you know everything from the um, discovery to you know fully automating the the processes is really now a journey that everybody within your organization can be a part of and can learn from and you know develop even more so yeah i think i think that's something every organization should explore i love your optimistic perspective and i have so many questions to ask you so i'll begin with this one you mentioned that everybody could be on board that it can open new doors for them but as human beings change is scary even though it can be positive so how to get people on board before they see the benefits because they will see them later so that they will participate they will be engaged they will be excited because a natural fear of the unknown happens in all humans where some will think well what if are, are they copying me so that i will lose my job or what will i be doing if so much of my job is automated 
etc. So how to alleviate fears, clarify the processes, as well as make it a pleasant experience that leads to a positive rather than a new thing that people will feel, oh my God, this is making going to make my job either harder or more unpleasant. Yeah, and that's really interesting. So, you know, a lot of people do have that initial resistance, but typically what happens is with a lot of organizations, they tend to do something called, you know, a proof of concept where, you know, they show people how, you know, the automation can impact what they're currently doing. And usually, you know, you kind of have that snowball effect where once you see it happen in one place, and then everybody else now says, hey, I think I want this for myself, right? So it's really, really fascinating because then, you know, you can now have that snowball effect across the organization, across different departments. So showing them up front that this is what the technology can do for you. This is how to make the most of the, the technology. And then also making sure you have, you know, a great um, communication loop between the people who are automating the work and then the people who used to do the work manually so that we understand that it's a collaborative effort to alleviate um, a lot of the mundane tasks that they really didn't want to do um, in the first place. So I think that, that that's really exciting. Thank you. And can you share more about the situation and rate of adoption of automation in Nigeria? How common is it? How excited are companies and maybe the government or you are more about, uh, you know, involved with the banking sector about it? How uh, much progress is going there? And just share the view and how you could compare it to other parts of the world? Yeah, thanks for that great question, Aziz. So for Nigeria specifically, I think, you know, the automation journey, um, a lot of the financial institutions do derive a lot of return on investments for automating their processes because, you know, typically large banks, uh, insurance companies, these guys have thousands of employees doing different things that really are could benefit from, you know, automation. So yes, it did really start out in that space, but then we're starting to see interest from other kinds of organizations. So organizations in the telecommunications industry, um, manufacturing, um, because they're starting to see the value of it, right? So because yes, it did start out in banking, you know, and I think that's really the same story in a lot of major um, geographies as well. I think the banks were really at the forefront of technology in that um, adoption in that space. But then other industries are coming hot behind. And the great thing is, you know, with time going and, you know, technology advancing, people that are starting their journeys right now are, you know, getting more and better solutions than the people that did start their journeys in 2018. Um, so it's a, an exciting time for everyone in the space. We're, we're excited to bring on more, more um, people from other industries to, you know, get on with automation and see how much automation can impact their business. Thank you. I love this. And let's say someone viewing or listening have never been involved in process uh, auditing in process automation so i have two questions one what should be the north star or the guide that lets you know whether a part of a process is inefficient or a waste and therefore it should be automated how to go about creating processes that serve the outcomes you look for and let's say someone wants to have a digital transformation or automation project can you describe it what are the steps and so that they will have a clear idea of how it goes okay fantastic so for me you know a lot of times the north star 
um, really does start with you know discovery, right? You know when you find that um, certain processes ha take too long to complete. So you, you know maybe um, you have a standard um, process map, but then you find that there are a lot of deviations from the process. You find that you know it's taking longer than you anticipate. This you know gives you an opportunity to really spotlight that process and dig deeper to try and understand where those inefficiencies might be coming from. Now a lot of the time you find out that it's really as a result of some things that maybe were probably built out from the start, right? Properly built out from the start, and then there's like a a modification that somebody has to do that now elongates the process. You could actually decide, you know, one way to fix the problem from the start, right? So where the problem is coming from, or you could automate the process and you know take out that inefficiency because that thing still needs to happen. So typically, um, when you find situations like that, I think automation really does deliver a lot of value for people and customers that you know think that you know their processes can be more efficient in general. And I think really just you said about the digital transformation journey a lot of times it does really start out as you know from desire right so typically companies have their strategic goals whether it is to you know improve operational excellence um deliver higher values to their customers or just make their employees more happy so as an organization really identify you know your goals that you know strategic goals that automation can help you with and then try and figure out which particular processes or which particular things in that domain do you want to automate. Um, and that would really, really ensure that at the end of the day, when you taking on the, the, the um, software development lifecycle for automation or the lifecycle for automation, you're ensuring that at the end of the day, you're reaching that goal um, so that you know everybody's satisfied. So I really think those are really the key steps to take when um, starting out an automation initiative um, that would deliver value to your organization. Thank you so much. And since you're an expert and there is something called like the expert curse, which is, or the knowledge curse, which is assuming that everybody knows what we're talking about. If you could explain in a simple way, what is intelligent automation and what is RPA so that anybody listening who loves automation will have clear a clear image of what they are. Okay, that's great. So I'll start out with RPA, right? So the word RPA, um, RPA is really robotic process automation. And typically, you know, robotic in that sense doesn't mean physical robots, but really about, you know, um, mundane, rule-based, repetitive stuff that you want to hand off to software, right? So RPA really is, you know, enabling or using software to mimic um, rule-based tasks on a computer. So that, that is really what RPA is. And RPA really do, does excel with things like, you know, processing of um, rule, logic-based rules, um, moving data between systems, and, you know, pretty much retrieving data from the internet as well, um, structured data as well. So for intelligent automation, intelligent automation kind of takes, you know, RPA a step further by, you know, leveraging on other technologies within um, the technology landscape. So OCR technology, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, process mining. Intelligent automation is really about, you know, enabling um, software robots do what they couldn't really do before because of the lack of intelligence. So if you have a process that has something that 
needs a subjective um, decision to be made or is based on some sort of human intelligence, that is really where intelligent automation um, thrives and that is really where you should look into um, implementing an IE over RPA. Thank you. I love what you're talking about. And since you're also involved with the technology and the processes, where do you see the future of automation? What new emerging technologies could change the landscape and how? As well as how much in Africa do you believe automation, RPA, intelligent automation would become a main factor or would it stay within high uh, profitability industries like finance, banking, uh, etc. Yeah, so on the next trends, I still do believe that intelligence is really, you know, where the next step is. So process intelligence, you know, computer vision, um, machine learning, a lot more cases would come up, um, a lot more complex use cases would come up that would leverage on those technologies to drive you know automation making your automations a little bit more intelligent that's really really you know the next frontier and the great thing is we're already doing that right now and um, it's really really exciting and for african businesses i really do believe that you know everybody stands to profit um, from automation journeys so even if you're just a startup getting started um, finally found product market fit and you want to scale your business whether you're an 100-year-old bank in Africa, automation, you can still um, benefit from starting out an automation initiative or whether you're in telecommunications, that is also a very, very key area for automation. I do believe that you know Africa still has a great potential because a lot of these companies are still not fully adopted or fully embraced um, digital and that you know really does um, allow massive opportunities for us to, you know, um, get into automation. So it's really hot right now and I think it's a great time to get into automation for anybody that lives on the African continent. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And for people, let's say someone looks up to you and maybe they're in Nigeria or anywhere in the world and they want to become an intelligent automation and RPA expert such as yourself. What would you recommend for them to study? How should they go about learning? Because this is a growing field where more people could find a future and a career. So I would say start with where you, start where you are. Um, for me, starting out was, you know, somebody nudging me to do something about certain processes or find out more about certain processes. So if you already have a great job and, you know, you think you can add automation to it, just take a look at some of the processes within your organization and that might help you get started. Now also really understand your own strengths and your own skills. So for instance, if you're really, really good at you know, logical thinking, but then you've never really been good at you know, software development or you know, writing code, there's still the no code, you know, no code aspect of automation you could explore. So playing to your strengths is really important. Um, identifying which of the tools allow you to do um, or use most of your strengths is really important because that is where um, you would find space to thrive and excel within that domain you are. So I think it's a great time to get started. Um, a lot of RPA organizations or companies do have you know, great academy platforms where you could go and learn um, and then really do um, kickstart your journey there. So I'll just say stay hungry. Um, you know, look out for opportunities for automation and really just, you know, get going from where you are. So, yeah.
that's it. Thank you. And I will also speak about something else that can be very important to executives and business owners and entrepreneurs. A lot of them are overworking and almost burning out. How can automation be a beneficial thing that helps them reclaim some more time in order to restore their energy and work in an efficient way, as well as some people don't trust rules-based decision-making in that way because they think, look, life is too complicated to be simplified into such uh, simple rules. So what can you say in order to uh, alleviate some of their fears that actually you become dumb by having rules that are yes, no, or one, two, three, while in reality, the options could be infinite and they assume they require creativity every time. So I'll start out with um, executives that really do want to automate um, stuff to get more time back. I think it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of executives do have personal assistants, you know, that do one or two things for them. And really, if you do check it, um, a lot of those things that they do are rule-based, yes. So you could actually explore, you know, trying out automation of one or two tasks that typically your personal assistant will do for you, uh, just like um, scheduling meetings, um, replying to specific kinds of emails, um, that would give you some time back. And I think it's very interesting because I did, you know, embark on a very small automation project where I really did want to send out, you know, personalized um, messages to people who wanted to get to know me a little bit more. So I kind of set up a form that allowed them decide what they wanted to know about me. And, you know, once they did that and submitted that form, uh, they eventually got a personalized email telling them, you know, the different things they wanted to know about me. And that was a very interesting way of, you know, interacting with um, people that wanted to know more about me without having to spend time every day um, writing back, right? So that, that's a very interesting example and something that I'm sure executives might want to um, gain value from, right? Um, and then for rule-based automation, I do believe that, you know, yes, you might think that a lot of times intelligence um, is required, but then I would say that a, a lot more times you would find that intelligence is only really required when there's an exception, right? When it is not following the standard um, defined process. And, you know, there are different ways to work around that. So when you have a situation where, you know, you need a human subjective um, response, you could actually do a side-by-side -side thing where you and the robot or the automation do work hand-in-hand. In hand. So when it's exactly not sure, it can throw it up to you. But then I do assure you that spending time to define your process and define the flow, you do find out that a lot more times, processes are actually a lot more um, rule-based and repetitive than you would actually think. Thank you. This is really good. I really appreciate everything you do. And therefore, do you feel like some people are saying even entrepreneurs when they're creating a new company should and are more and more moving into already preparing a plan for automation before the company and the product exists? Do you agree with that? Or do you feel that the role and the automation should be started when there is stability in the business. So when is basically the best time 
to begin thinking about automation and using automation in your business? Can it be even before the beginning that you have a clear plan about it? Or after you go the, through the chaos of entrepreneurship and innovation, then when you have something that works, you stabilize it with automation. Yeah, so I do believe that, you know, thinking about automation should actually be done from day one. Um, you do find out that a lot of entrepreneurs do things at the beginning of their business that wouldn't typically scale, right? Um, so automation does allow you scale that, but then you still do have to define the bounds within which that automation is supposed to perform, right? And, you know, the problem with things at scale is if it's broken at scale, then you do have a massive problem, right? Um, but then I do believe that automation should be thought about from the very beginning, and then, you know, define the process and then apply the automation to scale significantly. I really do think that is where you derive the most value. Because if you haven't figured out the process and then you automate it at scale, you're really, really creating a lot of debt. So, yeah. Thank you so much. This was my privilege, my honor. And of course, for everyone who is going through this automation journey, I highly recommend Processio. Processio is the modern low-code, no-code platform for advanced automation and creating an enterprise-grade backend for your software. Any viewer and listener can request access to a totally free account at processio.app. And for those with higher business needs, you can use an exclusive and very generous discount code for 50%. It's better 50 off, one word in capital letters, more information in the description. Thank you again. This was my privilege and keep going. You're doing fantastic things there in West Africa. Thanks Aziz. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, thanks for all you do for the community as well. Talk later.